Welcome to The Whiny Entrepreneurs, a podcast for business owners who sometimes feel alone in the daily adventures of entrepreneurship. We're your hosts, Shelby Bargies and Danielle Moore. Yeah, I'm always cold in winter. That's true. Yeah. Why don't you move somewhere hot? Mm. I would love to. <laughs> I am moving. Yeah. Danielle, where are you moving I'm to? I'm moving. I'm moving to Bragg Creek, which most people are like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense because I think only about 500 people live there, but it's just outside Calgary. So it's not too far from the urban sprawl yeah yeah that's gonna be a fun adventure it's gonna be a crazy adventure i'm super excited there's gonna be lots of hiking and horseback riding and outdoor stuff going horseback riding i know there's a ranch down the road from us apparently you can get like a year-long pass to just go ride horses all the time anyway i'll find out and i'll let you know and i'll take a photo of me on the horse okay and send it okay thank you yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so that'll be fun new adventures and new stuff going on and still sticking to the old stuff. Fine point will go on and so will the podcast. Yeah. So I'm excited. That's, really That's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. It's fun to have new adventures and different things as you start a new year. And I know that this is something mm-hmm. that you've wanted for a while, yeah. a change or a move. Yeah. I needed wherever it. that needed to be. So yeah, that's good. That'll be a cool place. Yeah. It's going to be pretty cool. You'll have to come visit me. Well, maybe. We'll <laughs> see. Once I get over you leaving me. I know. <laughs> I'll be back. Okay. I'll well, be that's back. fine. Yeah. Well, before we dive into our topic today, mm. should we talk about this wine? It's so good. It's really good. Mm. So we're drinking a red, and it is a French wine. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Another French wine. Another French wine. Although the one, the last episode was... A BC French wine? Yeah, that's true. Where this one's from France. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's legit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying this new thing this year. about talking about the nose. You know what? It doesn't have a strong scent. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so I'm going to make a prediction about what the tasting notes are on this wine. I'm going to say that there's some cherry and some oak. Well, it talks about there being notes of dried berries. So mm. cherry could yeah. be one of those. Herbaceous. Yeah, that was on the back of the bottle too. I think that is, oh no, sorry, amphoras. That's the kind of. Opens up to revel fennel, pencil shavings, dried blueberry, and violet notes. I can take, I can smell all of that now. Isn't that funny? Yeah, <laughs> it is funny. Once you actually know something, you can pencil shavings. Not something I would predict. I would not have predicted that. And it says it has an mm. intense nose, which at first I was like, I don't really smell much. But mm. it's like the more I think it does. The more I sit with it, I think it's just overwhelming a little bit. Oh, like not in a bad way. It's just how do you? Yeah, there's so much there. It's it's really unique, right? Yeah, it's really unique. Very well. I really, I do, I find it really easy to drink. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to just tear through this. I'm already tearing through it. I've actually had to slow myself down a little bit because I have a bit of a headache. So I'm trying to, yeah. Wine will fix that. No, I think wine was the issue. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you never know. You never yeah, know. It could be a cure for anything. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, no, this is a great one to, to chat about our topic today, too, because it's a little bit heavy along with our topic, which is a little, a little <gasps> bit heavy. You're so good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Just so metaphorical. You're so metaphorical. But really, it, it is a bit of a heavy not a heavy topic today. I think that we've really broached this subject with each other a few times in a way that was really just open and honest and um, trying to help each other out. And so over the holidays, we did a really interesting exercise Mm -hmm. where Shelby and I talked about sort of where we're standing with pricing and packages and where we want to be and then how we can get there. Yeah. And it was really eye-opening. I think I'm both sides we actually ended up doing some different exercises for each of us because we both needed something just a little bit different Mm -hmm. so for me it was looking at when I'm pricing myself what is my cost versus what am I charging well and for you it was not just your cost but it was your time Time. and not just the time in writing yes but other there's like once we actually broke down all the pieces that you do mm-hmm. with a blog post yeah there was a lot more little things in there that yeah. you hadn't been thinking about so I, I feel like for you we went into it where you were feeling a little bit more tepid I don't yeah. know if that's the right word but is it no okay what's the word like confident no you weren't feeling as confident oh oh it. yeah that tepid could work well n- not really not mm. I don't want to say timid. Timid. I don't. Oh. I don't feel like you were timid. Oh. I feel like going in, you were a little more hesitant. Okay. And then, as we broke it down, like you were hesitant about the prices that you had, and yeah, like, I don't know if I should charge that much. Yeah. But then once we actually broke it down and looked at all the pieces from communication to yeah. posting to revi- revisions or review, all mm-hmm. of that, and we figured it out yeah then you felt I could see it in you that you were a lot more confident about like yeah yeah well that is what I charge because yeah. you can see here yeah I'm charging exactly exactly with everything that I'm doing and that was you know that was the tough part so over the last few years I've had so many I'm sure you've had the same thing someone tells you oh my gosh you're not charging nearly enough that is crazy you are undervaluing yourself like crazy and and I had that just a few months ago and then, like three minutes later, you have the person who's like, well, you can get more clients if you charge less. And here's this strategy. And it's so tough to figure out which direction to go. Yeah. Because you're trying to make money, you're trying to make a living, and you're trying to do it so that you don't have to work 90 hours a week. Because yeah. let's face it, entrepreneurs work a crazy amount. Yeah. And on the flip side, you are doing what you love and you want to be fair to the people that you're helping and you want obviously to fill up, you know, your schedule with as many clients as you can. So it's such a weird, tough balance. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it has to do with the last episode that we, where we talked about knowing your niche. And I've often found that when someone really questions what I'm offering, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like they're in my niche Mm -hmm. or they understand what that is. And it's taken a long time to be okay with just being like, that's fine. You don't have to hire me. You can pass. I'm not going to discount my prices because you think I'm not worth it. Mm -hmm. And that's a 
that's a really tough balance, especially when you're newly in business to feel like, oh, you don't think I'm worth that. So I'm going to charge less. Yeah. It's really easy to devalue yourself. Absolutely. Mm. But after a certain point, and you had brought this up before, Shelby, you, when you do that to yourself, when you undervalue yourself, you end up feeling not good about it. No, you feel, what was the word you used? I don't remember. Oh, I got to look it up. But I, you, you feel almost like resentful, resentful. That was exactly what it was. It was resentful. You feel resentful about the work that you're doing, maybe even about the client. Yeah. And that's not ideal. No. Right. No. And a friend of mine, I was talking to recently, actually, I think she's the one that put that word in my mind is when you start doing work that you're resentful about, you're undervaluing, undervaluing yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're not charging enough because you f- you feel resentful for it, yeah. right? You don't feel like you're being valued yeah. for what you're providing. Right. So it's kind of a uh, an interesting cycle then. So you, if you feel undervalued, you're probably not charging enough. And if you're not charging enough, then you're probably going to start feeling undervalued. Yeah. So it's a good, it's a good thing to know that that cycle is there. Yeah. I really liked to, I liked hearing you say that. Yeah. That's good because it is something that you need to be conscious of. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I've always felt rather curious about pricing from the time I started my business. I had no idea what to price myself as Yeah, because I came from a corporate mentality where you get paid an annual salary Mm -hmm. and you get a bonus and you get benefits and all this stuff. So you kind of start to think of yourself as an hourly rate. Yeah. And a, a corporate hourly rate is very different than very. consulting or a, mm-hmm. like owning your business, yeah. running your business hourly rate, because there's more than just your time. There's your time, there's your expertise and your experience. Mm-hmm. There's your expenses, all yeah. the expenses, tools yeah. and, you know, simple, like down to like buying stamps, yeah. right? Yeah. That is an expense. So yeah. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that you don't take into account. And even when we did my costs analysis, we didn't take things like that into account in my hourly rate. That's an added. So whatever I'm making, I'm making that less my expenses, which is terrifying. Yeah. Well, and even think about your computer. Yeah, because you've talked about needing to replace your computer. I'm replacing my computer in a month. And and that has that that comes into. Yeah, exactly. And you have to account for those expenses. Mm -hmm. So I, th- I think the biggest part of all of that is just valuing your experience mm-hmm. because it's really easy because expenses are tangible. Yeah. But your experience is not as yeah. tangible. That's really and, true. And what is that? What is that intangible thing that you offer? Yeah. And I often think about, I've had people even with the color classes I provide be like, oh, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, all it takes is for you not to buy one or two pieces, mm-hmm. probably one piece yeah. that you buy and you never wear, or maybe you only wear once to pay for itself. Yeah, exactly. And that's, the th- that's exactly. Okay. And that's probably a really interesting part of this conversation as well is what is the value versus the price? Yeah, exactly. How can you give people more value without um, necessarily lowering the price? And we've talked about this before too, because I've talked every once in a while, I talk about discounts. And you, I can see you literally bristle at the word discount, like actually, like physically. As soon as you said it, I was like, what? Yeah. 
<laughs> like she actually like shudders a little bit. And, uh, and, and I mean that like partially literally, literally. <laughs> but really every time I sort of say the word discount, you always reroute me and say, okay, what about instead of a discount, you add something, what can you give people? And, and that's such a great mentality to have because what, if, if you're not, if people are not able to see your value, then it's because you just need to give them a little bit more. It's not because you need to discount your services. You just need to remind them of that value. Exactly. I think that that's a very important thing to remember. And I'm so thankful for the people in my life who continue to remind me of that mm-hmm. when I start feeling hesitant or feeling like listening to those people who say, well, you're charging too much. And yeah. I need to go back to the to, to just that. What is it I'm offering? Mm-hmm. What is the value that I'm offering yeah. to uh, my clients? Mm-hmm. And every time I go back to that, I'm like, I know I'm offering good value. Yeah. I'm offering more value than what yeah. they're paying for. And when you think about different brands, everyone has a different audience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have the, the dollar store brands that, you know, a certain set of the population can afford and is comfortable with. Then you have your like medium-sized brands that are catering to a little bit more convenience and probably a bit more luxury. And then you have your super luxury brands that like it, sometimes you think how can how can that brand exist because if they only sell six cars in a year, but they're at a pr- higher price point, right? So it just it all balances out and makes sense. So it's really about just finding out who you are catering to. And sometimes that's not a thing that you know when you start, which makes it hard. Yeah, exactly. That makes it so hard. And then you can do some research, whether it's Mm -hmm. finding different surveys that are out there and available or looking at competitors' websites to see Mm -hmm. what are they charging. Or even reaching out to them. Or reaching out to them and just talking to them. Like, what do you, how how have you priced yourself and how do you like, and, and again, taking into experience and not thinking, yeah. you know, I started in this business at three years ago and thinking, okay, well, I'm new, I shouldn't charge as much. But at the same time, I come with a boatload of experience mm. just in a different area, but it has transferable skills. So it's not yeah. like I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And you have to give yourself consideration yeah. for the transferable skills. Yeah, give yourself that credit right off the bat and don't don't undervalue yourself right away. Mm-hmm. But asking other people, I find, is a good way. So I actually had a meeting a little while ago with someone who was aspiring to be a writer and, and make it into a, a full-time job. And I told her, like, you can you can do it, right? So, and she, But that was her biggest question for me. And, and, you know, of course, she was a little hesitant to ask because I think, you know, trade secrets or something. But... I, I told her what I charged at the beginning and then, you know, how I increased my price over time. And I also gave her the a copy of the sheet that I used when I was starting out because it yeah. actually was really, really useful. I can't think of where I got it from. It was some sort of writer's association. And I remember just going back and forth and not being able to decide what to charge or even how to charge because you can charge in my industry, you can charge per word, per page per hour, you know, there's so many different ways that you can do it. On top of just figuring out how to charge, I needed to know, you know, where to start. And this, I found this really weird full breakdown of all the different rates for, you know, copy editing, for marketing copy, for writing a book. And 
it just broke it down so perfectly. And I thought, this is amazing. Like, and I don't think that's probably in every industry. You're probably not going to find that. So you'll have to do your own comparative average. But finding out where sort of the lower starting point is to the higher starting point so that you can get yourself up to that higher point. Yeah. And also thinking about, because for me, different types of services require different price points. So whether it's a editorial thing or a one-on-one service or a group service, Mm -hmm. or I'm working with a business, it's all going to look a little bit different Mm -hmm. because of the different value that you bring Mm -hmm. to the different areas. And so you also have to think about that in terms of the different services, even for you, like doing a blog post versus a website versus Mm -hmm. a book edit. Yes. Those are all a little bit different. So you're going to charge a little bit different for each one Mm -hmm. because of the expertise that you bring to each thing. And again, it's about experience as much as like you can set your prices however you want at first. It's experimental because you don't know what it's going to take. For me, I, you know, when I started out doing websites versus blogs, I, all I could think was, oh, I'm making so much bank on websites, right? Because it was this higher price point. Well, when I actually look at the work put in and the hours put in and interviews and, you know, it really piles up. And when I look at the cost versus value of what I'm getting versus what I'm giving to clients, it doesn't actually make as much sense. So but that's not something you just know. That's not something that you know until, you know, like I'm three years in and I just sort of figured that out. So, yeah. And you have to give yourself a bit of grace for trying to figure out what that is. Yeah. But you also have to spend the time thinking about it. Yeah. Talk to other people. Don't be afraid. I mean, mm-hmm. Danielle and I are in very different industries, yeah. but being able to talk through what that looks like, what yeah. we you know, again, three years in for myself as well. And I haven't changed my prices at all in three years. And so being able to rethink about, okay, am I still comfortable with where they're at? Do I change them a little bit? How do I build all those packages? I mean, I've been talking about building out my packages differently for like how long? (laughs) Three years. (laughs) Three years. And it was, it was such a good exercise to get someone else to, yeah, kind of, be a sounding board on that. Mm-hmm. I find it so much easier. Like Danielle, when we were going through yours, that was so much easier than going through oh, for me, know, going right? through mine. Yeah. And so I highly encourage you if this is something that you have are trying to think about, mm-hmm. it is get someone you trust to go through it with yeah. you. And think about it from really analytic think about it from a really analytical perspective. Mm-hmm. Cause that's actually where it's hard. And it's funny cause you started breaking down, you know, um, cost versus what I was charging. And I haven't thought like, I wouldn't have thought to do that. And we didn't have any structure that we said we were going to do this. We just sort of started talking it through. And then you started writing down prices for, you know, well, how much time does this take you and how much money does that cost you? And you know, before I knew it, I was like, wow, I can't lower that price. There's no way I can lower that price because mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's, it, there's no payoff. For, for doing that. Yeah. I'm sh- I will literally short change. Yeah. I will literally be shortchanging myself. Yeah. If I do that. Yeah. And it's not something I would have known except for that you sort of jumped in and helped me through the process. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Are you asking for a commission? Or? Yeah, pretty much. So can we build that into the price point as well? I didn't tell you that oh, I just like threw that in. Yeah, to, the end. to all my clients. This is 10%, <laughs> 10% increase thanks to Shelby's fees. Yeah. Well, I always found it so interesting because starting in this, I had no idea what to charge. And so I, mm-hmm. I ended up choosing something that I... I didn't feel like I was completely short short changing myself, but Mm -hmm. I was also acknowledging that this is a new business and I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I found it fascinating that, like you said before, you talk to one person and they're like, oh my gosh, that's all you charge? Yes. And that's the value that you bring? Yeah. And then you talk to someone else and they're like, like, that's so much. Yeah. And and a lot of people will be like, well, I'd rather take my money and just go shopping. And it's like, well, you absolutely can. But if you keep buying things that aren't of value to you or end up sitting in the back of your closet, then you're really not saving any money. Yeah. You're actually shortchanging yourself, really. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. But, but that's true too. And I think like you actually sort of just pinpointed a difference is the, after someone has experienced your service, that's when they say, wow, I can't believe you're only charging that much. I got so much value mm-hmm. out of it. Well, it's, people usually at that point, they're not going to say anything. What do you mean? Well, they're not going to say like, that's all you're charging me. It's people who haven't hired me. Who will oh, say, that's all you're charging. okay. Never mind. They don't want me to charge more. Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Well, I mean, once you've already had a wardrobe about it, well, yeah, I guess you can have another one. Yeah, probably. I've had people who, because in the wardrobe edit, you only go through so much of their closet. So if they have a bigger closet, I have people come, have me come back multiple times Mm. to go through everything. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. I've, anyone who I've worked with, even if I see them a couple years later, they're like, wow, like it has so much impact. Impact, yeah. And so that tells me what the value is. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. That's that feedback, right? Feedback yeah. loop. Yeah, it's it's tough. And and then so so we kind of went over what we did for my little look into mm-hmm. packages and pricing, but then we did yours as well. But we did mm-hmm. ended up doing yours differently because mm-hmm. again we didn't have a structure, so we just kind of jumped in and saw what needed to be done. And what needed to be done in your case was looking at entry, what you call entry points, and I think that's a really apt term for it. Yeah. And having various entry points, because I, I don't expect everyone to be ready. I mean, partially from a financial standpoint, but also partially just from a, I, I mean, I've talked about this before, mm-hmm. is having someone come into your closet is a very personal mm-hmm. thing. So even from the option of what option does someone have to learn from yeah. me, but not, maybe not have me go right into the closet, yeah. right? It also sounds, it sounds extravagant to have a personal stylist. So for some, I think it's getting over that. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's it, that's so true. Yeah. It's, it it does sound yeah. extravagant, but at the same time, it can be very practical. I, I feel practical. like the the extravagant part mm-hmm. is because I wrote a bunch of blog posts on yes, this actually in 2019 yeah. about some of the myths. But the extravagance of it comes from thinking about the stars or people mm-hmm. who are so wealthy that they have people who just shop for them yes. and that they're spending all these high-end dollars. Yeah. And so that, I, I see where that mm-hmm. thought comes from. from. At the same time, we have a hard time, so, some as men, but also as women, because I work with both men and women, but we have a hard time sometimes investing in ourselves. Yes. And I, I see my services as an investment in your knowledge, mm-hmm. in your your 
yeah, you're learning and yeah. having, being able to really, it's a very practical, not that I'm trying yeah. to convince anyone, but it, it's a very practical yeah, skill set and knowledge to have mm-hmm. is what do you buy? You spend your hard-earned dollars on clothing, and if it's clothing that sits in your wardrobe and you don't wear it and you don't feel good in it, yeah, what's the point? What's the point? And and so that was kind of where we approached it from was how do you, without saying so much, I guess at the time, but how do you show people that it's practical? Yeah, and kind of the way that you can create that entry point for someone who's like, well, I don't want to spend the money on having a one-on-one session because that's crazy it's so extravagant yeah. is that you just give them that knowledge base in more of a group setting or an online setting yeah. and once they've seen that it's not you know they sort of get to disprove the myth for themselves mm-hmm. and see how they can apply it day to day and take it back with them yeah so that was kind of our idea for going through your entry points to your yeah. service and finding places where we can help people sort of access that practical nature of it yeah and it's kind of cool it's everything from starting at twenty dollars yeah all the way up to my bigger packages mm-hmm. if you if you do want to go ultimate go ultimate <laughs> exactly and and so no matter what you're looking for and even within all of those different price points I feel like I have my ideal client my ideal client is someone who wants to learn mm-hmm. there's someone who who has doesn't necessarily want the extravagance of it, but wants the knowledge. Yeah, and sees the value in knowing. Yeah, you know what? What should I wear? Yeah. What should I? And even if I... all you can afford is the twenty dollars, but you're motivated and you're going to take every yeah. little bit of information that you can, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, and I'm glad you're a part of it, and mm-hmm. I love it. So it, I, it felt really good to be able to really look at that that um, breadth of offerings. Yeah, I think that was really useful for. For both of us too, mm-hmm. for me as well. It, it didn't apply quite as much to me, but I think that you can really take something away from that. Even just sit again, like you said, sit down with someone and see where the conversation takes you. Cause that's really, and that's kind of what we do now in our planning sessions. Yeah. We don't, we have a structure, but we don't have a structure. And I think yeah. that really benefits us in that. It's the rebel in both of us. We don't want to have like rules, <laughs> but we need enough structure that we yeah. can make it beneficial. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah, because we want to get something out of it. And we yeah. always do. Yeah. And, and this was particularly, I think, particularly useful. Yeah. yeah. And it was really helpful. So thank you for that. And I I highly encourage you to find someone who does, d- can help you and can, you can talk through it with each other. Because I've been very thankful for everyone who's willing to yeah. do that in their life. Chat about it. So, P.S. We're going to cost more in 2020. Yeah, just in case you were wondering, <laughs> prices are changing. Yes, yes. not drastically. <laughs> so if you're looking at it and say you, whether or not you have someone to look at this through, one way to look at it is kind of zoom out and look big picture. So look at what all your experience, and I'd encourage you to actually write it all down, all the things that are transferable and add to your experience in mm-hmm. talking with and and don't minimize Mm-mm. anything no right like even if you worked in if you worked in retail or you worked in the food industry mm-hmm. you're gaining experience yeah you're what did you gain how that? to work with clients and customers and give that customer service and still consider that experience mm-hmm. it translates in some way everything translates in some way and that's why 
you know those people who have just like done everything? So those are some of the smartest people because they have such transferable skills and they can transfer those skills to almost anything. And they, they can see how those interact no matter yeah. where you are. Yeah. So yeah, customer service. Well, customer service is almost any position ever anywhere, right? Yeah. In some form or, of a, or another, whether or not you're dealing with a customer directly or you're just dealing with people in general, mm-hmm. whether or not you're, you know, even for me, like customer service comes through in writing yeah like it applies yeah it's the weirdest thing well you're almost being like translating that that customer service on behalf of your client yes it's how they're serving their client exactly and you're the one that's interpreting that and writing that yeah yeah and it's again it's about like how can I offer more to this person who's reading this blog Mm -hmm. oh Danielle I love that (laughs) That, that's such a because I always that and And that's where it is really hard to talk about charging money is because like for me, my joy comes in serving my clients and working with my client and seeing them learn and grow. I'm not out to, you know, kind of like just charge everyone excessively. Mm -hmm. I need, I'm a business and I need to keep that in mind. And so whatever, if you, if you're in a business, whatever business you're in, you do need to make those business decisions. Yeah. But at the end of the day, think about what's driving you as well. And yeah. for me, always what's driving me is my client. Yeah. But you can't let that hold you back. Like it's almost a, a guilt exactly. a guilt complex, right? Yeah. Where you sometimes, and sometimes I feel like that too. Well, I'm living my dream, literally, and writing for a living. So, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like I should just be grateful for what I have and I'm not going to you know, push this to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. The the look on your face says it all. How often have you felt guilty because you're like, well, for me, I just got to go shopping with someone for two or three hours. Yes. And yes. Now I have to charge them money. Right. (laughs) That, I mean, that makes such a, yeah. Yeah. I I know it. And it is, it is tough when you, and that's kind of the price you pay for following your your passion. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Food is good. Yeah. Eating shelter. is nice. <laughs> shelter is a, a plus in Alberta. <laughs> so yeah. you got, you have to pay those. And, and I find another way to think about it too is people are going to take your services differently when they have to invest. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. about that often. Mm-hmm. I don't think if I do something and I don't charge for it, people have a different investment versus when, yes. I do ha- when they do mm-hmm. pay for it. For example, events. Mm-hmm. And I learned this actually from you, and I've passed this on to some people who I've done events with, which is not charging any so free events. They never go well because nobody shows up because no one has actually invested. And come on, like every introvert out there is the, yeah, sure, I'm going to click that I'm interested and I'm going. And then I'm not going to go the night of, right? <laughs> because why would I? Whereas making someone pay just a very nominal fee five to $10. It's not about making the money, but it's about making people invest mm-hmm. because then you're going to get, instead of a 40% no-show rate, you get a 10% no-show rate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I There's this um, event that I started with a few different ladies called Prosecco and Pearls. And the first couple that we did, because our intent is not to make money off of it. We yeah. just want to create an interesting 
kind of event for women to connect and for us to meet other people and kind of a networking type thing. Mm-hmm. Bring your networks together too, right? Exactly. Exactly. But we had it a few times where people wouldn't show. Mm-hmm. And so the last one, we're like, okay, well, we're going to charge a little bit, but we, again, we don't want to take it as profit. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we're giving a hundred percent of it to a charity. Yeah. So perfect. we're going to charge you $10 to make sure you show up. Yes. And the funny thing was, is people still didn't show up. <laughs> really? Yeah. How a many? few people. Oh. A few people. Yeah, it was most, pretty... most people did. I went to that one and it yeah. was, it was, there were a lot of people. There were, there were some people who came outside of, cause we did it through Eventbrite. Mm-hmm. And so there were some people who came and paid at the door. Oh, I see. As okay. well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was, it was really, mm. it was really funny how the no show rate Dropped. Dropped significantly. Yeah. yeah. Once we started just charging that little bit. And the funniest thing was that event was like what I think it was worth money, right? You yeah. know, I haven't gone to it. Yeah. I mean, not that am I yeah. paying $10 for it, but like, you know, I probably would have paid more. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is we know that there's that value there, but it's also that perceived value of, well, you're free. Like it's not going to be very good or you're only $10. That's so true. But then you charge 30 and people are like, well, that's too much. I don't know if that's mm. worth it. And that's all. And that's the tough thing, right? Yeah. Because whenever you're trying to price yourself, it's, it's always those questions. And it's not just individual people who suffer from that. Cause I've been part of groups before where we're trying to decide how much to charge and it's back and forth and back and forth. And you know, one person doesn't want to exclude people and another person doesn't want to discount the services. And and that can be really tough too. Yeah. When you have other people involved, that's a, that takes it to a whole different level. Yeah. Because everyone has different motivations and different reasons. Yeah. And and that's where, I mean, it's a bit of a tangent, but that's when you think about doing group things Mm -hmm. where sometimes those ones where you realize, okay, we're just not on the same page. They end up fizzling out versus continuing. Yeah. And I think we've talked a little bit before about offering discounts or offering things for free in a strategic way mm-hmm. where you expect that it's going to come back around. And maybe it's not going to come back around financially, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not going to get 10 clients down the road, but you're going to get a lot of exposure. Your brand is going to go a little further. You're going to gain some social media following or, you know, there's a lot of sort of intangible ways that that can pay off. Yeah, But then... I think it's really important you stop and evaluate that still, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like what actually, like, it tra- like track it really, mm-hmm. because you can just give things and give things and give things and you sort of assume that you're getting something back from it. And if you're not tracking it, you will never know. And you can become resentful yeah. for it, right? Exactly. If you, if you, if you assume that something good and you're like, Oh, fine, I'll keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, chances are, you know, the, the people that you want and the people that should be there, like they're going to see the value. Yeah. I think you actually, I don't remember if we've talked about it or not, but you had a great example when you did increase your prices mm-hmm. where you had a client who you were worried about. Yeah. So, so I did a huge jump in my prices. This is probably like year around year one. Um, so at the end of year one, I, I ended up working out of an office that was within another marketing company. So I kind of got exposed a little bit more to like the larger world of marketing. And the, the person there who owned the place said, well, I charge, you know, I, I told him how much I charged and he said, well, I charge double that for content writing. So should you. 
I mean, it seems crazy to me to just double my prices overnight. But then I thought, well, no, because this guy doesn't even do content. And he's, you know, he doesn't even have a content writer on staff and he's charging that amount. And I am providing real, I have an English degree. I have experience. I have passion. This is what I want to do. I'm taking the time for my clients. You know, I'm putting 10,000% more into this and making half the price. So I, I kind of got mad about it a little bit. <laughs> resentful. I got a little resentful. Yeah. So, so, so I did. I, I increased my prices overnight. And I kind of thought, okay, that's going to be problematic. But I was still building at that point. So I didn't have a huge, huge client base that I had to go and tell. So, but there was one client who called me like maybe a week later and said, hey, we need some content writing. And I said, okay, well, just so you know, I significantly increased my prices a little while ago. And there were the, the objections. This was a price conscious person. And he had been price conscious when my price was half that price. But I had already done some work with him. Guess what? He objected. And then he said, okay, we'll make it work. Right? <laughs> Which incredible. told me something, right? That told me something because that told me that that person who knew the value of it was out there. Yeah. Even through a, a million rejection or objections. Yeah. Where it was like, that's too much. Can we do anything? Please discount, you know? And I said, not really. Like I'll, I'll do my best, but I'm not, I'm not going to just outright offer you a discount. Yeah. I'll do my best to, to do it in a timely manner, but I'm not. A, I'm not going to sacrifice great quality work. And B, I'm not going to take that amount off the top. Yeah, good for you for standing firm in that. Yeah, yeah, I felt great. I think that that's a really good lesson to you when you're at a point where you're like, no, I know that this is what I'm worth. And Mm -hmm. to not let someone who's objecting. Yeah, again, it goes back to our objections versus rejections. Yes. uh, Episode where they were objecting, they weren't rejecting you. Yeah, exactly. Objection. Yeah, and that's exactly it. That mm-hmm. was And even if they did reject you, that's not your client. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I mean you need to have the balance where you need to have yeah. clients. But it's it's finding the clients that are gonna see that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's wrap up by finishing talking about this wine. So this beautiful wine, it's called Juste Terre. It's a 2015 Chateau Lollery is the winery. And so this is a wine that was provided to us by a wine marketing company called Mm. Inatri Wine Marketing. And the interesting thing, so I first heard about Inatri at a, I'm in a um, Epicurean society Mm -hmm. and they provided some wines and actually just over New Year's, I bought a couple bottles of wine a few months ago from them or that are that they they market and they represent and it was so good it was an incredible it was another French wine so this is a French wine as well and yeah they were so kind to provide this to us so you can check them out their website is enotri.com enotri and they provide wine to both restaurants and liquor stores. And they're doing this cool thing because I, I looked at their through their website and they've been to every vineyard that they represent and they've talked to the owners, which I think is a yeah. really cool thing to do. So you can kind of have that confidence that they've done their research yeah. and they've made sure that the wines that they do market are really good. And out of the, well, I would have had a few of them 
the at the dinner that I was at, mm-hmm. and they were all really, really good. And oh, it was like a tasting. Well, it was so it's called the Edmonton Epicurean Society, mm-hmm. and it's a wine and food pairing. So mm. you go to a restaurant, and then wines are paired with the meal. Amazing. So they provided the wine that was paired. So I feel like this one that they've provided us, the mm-hmm. Justerre, is equally as good. Yeah, like I've really enjoyed. Oh, this has been this. delicious. Mm-hmm. And they they do. You know, Tree does wine pairings as well. They specialize in in pairing it with amazing food. Yeah, so. if you look on their website, they mm-hmm. actually yeah give you the wine pairings. And they're trying to do this marketing thing where if you go to, and they are Alberta-based, so you're going to find them more in Alberta, but mm-hmm. you can still go to their website and find out the wines that they're representing and find it if you're not in Alberta. And you can actually see it on the back of the bottle. It actually yeah. said, it'll say on the back of the bottle that they're represented by an tree. Yeah. So you can go to any of these restaurants and actually say, I want Inotri wine and they'll be able to give one to you. Yeah. And any you know, restaurant. it's going to be a good, mm. uh, a good wine. Yeah. Any restaurant or liquor store. Well, not anyone, but if you go to their website, there's oh, a list certain of ones. them. Certain uh, ones. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Perfect. Yeah. So go ha- check them out. And thank you so much for providing this wine. Yes. We really enjoyed it. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Cheers. So well, cheers to that. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So I think to wrap up this episode in a nutshell, I think this was a really good topic to dive into because... We've talked about this a lot. Oh, I mean, yeah. you and I have really been talking about this since the first time we met because I yeah. remember talking to you about pricing. Yeah. When we when we first got together because your business was new and my business was new. Yeah. And I remember you asking, like, how do you think I could price this? Yeah. And and it was so out of my realm of experience and out of yours too, right? So and we kind of worked it out. And I I mean, I know you've you've developed so much since then. And same with me, you know, I've developed mm-hmm. so much since then that you know, it's a different conversation now. So it's yeah. kind of interesting to look back three years later yeah. and see where we started and then see where we're going because mm-hmm. there's al- there's always growth. Yeah, and we are growing and that's why we're doing this and that's why we're talking to all of you as well as we want you to continue to grow as mm-hmm. individuals um, with your business if you have a business, um, with your career if it's, if yeah. it's not owning your own business, still thinking about it from that perspective as well. This totally applies to careers. I think it even applies to like stay at home moms. Yeah. What are you worth? Yeah. Honestly, just ask yourself what you are worth. Yeah. You know what? Even in the corporate world, it's thinking about what you're worth and Mm -hmm. being able to go in and ask for that. Ask for it. And that is what it is all about. Really Mm -hmm. asking. Yeah. I have a really good friend named Kelly who, uh, she taught me to just ask for things. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't ask for things, you will not get them. Yeah. If you do, there's a 50% chance you'll get a minor rejection. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. And there's a 50% chance that someone will give you something that you, and I, I mean, once you put this into practice, it will blow your mind. Yeah. Actually blow your mind. Yeah. Just I ask. Try, I try and, you know, if I'm, you know, wanting to ask for something or get something more or whatever, I, I try and remember what if someone came to me and asked me this? Or what yes. if they came to me and asked me something else? Mm-hmm. Would I just say no? 
No. Probably not. I never say no to anything. So. <laughs> oh, no. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, Danielle. Now I just open myself up for everything. You do say no to some I stuff. I do. I do. Well, I have to now. Stop yeah. saying yes. Yeah. Anyway, I think this is a good topic for anyone really to just gain some confidence and, and ask for what you're worth. Yeah. So our quote for this episode is, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent by Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. That one hit me in the feels. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a got a lot hitter. of, yeah, it's got a lot of weight to it really when you think about it. So think about it again. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we'll leave you with that. All right. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks everyone for stopping by. We will be back in two weeks with a brand new episode of the whiny entrepreneurs. Bye.